Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. Got a new football season, new platform, so we're really excited to jump into a lot of topics. Uh, really excited to start this back up for a new season of sports, uh, college football, NFL, uh, and a little bit of soccer today. Uh, joined by, uh, as always, co-host Danny, and then our, our good friend and a longtime supporter and follower of the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast, Corey. Uh, as usual, we'll go around the horn, uh, introduce um, maybe just a small fact, small sports fact, and then uh, what you're drinking tonight. Uh, Danny, how about you first? I'm glad we're diving into the video platform now and not just stepping away from the podcast, audio podcast. It'll be cool to see you guys' faces on the big screen one day. Uh, right in front of me, I got the new Glarus Spotted Cow Beer uh, from Wisconsin Zone. We made the trip up there this past weekend. And uh, my fun fact is that the Cubs have games on first place, and we are in the hunt for the playoffs. We sure are. Hopefully that uh, continues, but um, don't be afraid of uh, some heartbreak as well. Uh, Corey, how, how about yourself? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking, it's called Morning Glory. It's out of French Lake, Indiana. It's, it might be my new favorite bourbon, at least, uh, that I've got in my stash currently. Wait, it's called what? It's called French The Morning Lake? Glory. No, 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 no. Oh, oh French Lake, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. French Lake? Yeah, yeah. We might have to take a golf trip there, fellas. There's a couple of courses down there need, worth visiting. Do we need to cut that out of the audio? Like, are we getting in trouble? <laughs> no. I don't know if that's... Are we allowed to we should be good. Uh, both of you guys really starting it off strong this season. All I've got is a fresh, and I'll open it now for some ASMR, but some fresh Canada Dry. Solid 7.0 out of 10. So let's get uh, let's get right into it here. The um, college football. Sorry, let's start with the um, we'll start with the NFL this uh, tonight. This episode, uh, first game tonight: Lions versus the Kansas City Chiefs. But before that, we are going to go through and pick our division winners as well as our uh, Super Bowl team predictions for winners and conference winners as well. Uh, Danny, I will throw it over to you first. Top left here, AFC East. Give us your uh, winner prediction and then maybe a dark horse, somebody who might sneak up on, on everybody this year. I'm going to say Buffalo Bills. All right, thank you. Just the, the core is there to really just take it out. You know, they, they've led that division there for the past few years. I don't see that changing. The only dark horse wild card is just how, see how many Aaron Rodgers does with the Jets. I don't trust New England Patriots. I don't trust the Dolphins and Tua's concussion history. So it really just comes down to Buffalo. It's their division to lose. And then if Aaron Rodgers just decides to play, he can make the division in, interesting. But I'm taking the Bills. Great choice. Corey, who, what about you? Who are you going with for the uh, AFC East? I'm actually going to ride with Miami. It is fully hinging on Tua not bumping his head again, but I think if he stays healthy, they have a chance. I, I think the Bills are going to regress this year. I think Josh Allen's still going to put up numbers, but I think Stephon Diggs is checked out. 
Um, I agree, though. Aaron Rodgers could uh, he could pull off some magic. He's uh, I think he's got plenty left in the tank if he so chooses. But I'm gonna ride with Miami. Yeah, both of those really good picks. Um, I guess we're all three gonna disagree here, guys. I think I actually think the Jets uh, Jets are gonna surprise a lot of people. Aaron Rodgers, you know, Tom Brady came over for one year. And it's all this hype, it's this excitement, everybody's good. Then th I think they'll have a really good year. Uh, may not be successful two or three years down the road. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to pretend to retire again at the end of the season. But um, <laughs> but I think that uh, they're going to have I mean, a really that's a good year. Part of playbook, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Take retirement, go play for the Jets for a year, and then go pick a different team. Yeah, Jets, and then I think also uh, I like the Dolphins as well. If Tua continues to take steps forward, stay healthy. I mean, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, those guys are absolutely unstoppable. So uh, I like the Dolphins, maybe second place AFC East. Let's head down to the AFC North. I know we got um, maybe some hometown favorites here, but uh, Corey, we'll throw it over to you. Who you got winning the AFC North? It, uh, it hurts me a little bit to do it, but I think it's the Bengals, and I unfortunately don't think it's going to be close. I would love to pull for my brownies, but I don't trust uh, Deshaun Watson. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see them play well, but I just don't see them beating beating out the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely going to be strong. That division could be very strong. Danny, who you got for the AFC North? I got who day. I got the Bengals taking the <laughs> crown. Joe Burrow is going to be right there. He's not even talking about division. He's talking about AFC Championship and Super Bowl win. I think my dark horse would be the Ravens, but that really kind of depends on Lamar Jackson's health. I mean, we know the athlete that he is. He's got an MVP under his belt, but it really just depends on his health. And he just signed a big, huge deal, so he's comfy now. Let's see. He can start producing some postseason results, but I'm going to take the Bengals. Yeah, I will also take the Bengals. I think their defense, they lost a couple of key guys, but Joe, you know, Joe Burrow was asked what he thought his Super Bowl window was, and he said his entire career. Um, I, I think I have to agree with that statement. Uh, hopefully he, hopefully he comes back fully healthy. Um, I, you know, they really do need home field advantage. I think though, uh, if if it has to go through Arrowhead again, um, you know we could be looking at Patrick Mahomes in in the Super Bowl again. So hopefully they get that home field advantage, but I think they'll win the division as well. Uh, a division that is, I think, pretty up in the air. I mean, you have the reigning defending champs from the AFC South, the Jaguars, but I, I think that division's up in the air. Uh, my pick for the AFC South this year. Probably going to be the Tennessee Titans, actually. Um, whether that's with Will Levis, potentially, or with Ryan Tannehill, I'm not sure. But I think that uh, vision, um, nobody's really sold on anybody down there. So I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, Danny, I'll throw it over to you for the AFC South. Yeah. I think the only thing people are sold on about the AFC South is that the Texans are going to be one of those teams. <laughs> uh, maybe the Colts, they're probably my dark 
for his team with Anthony Richardson. And without Jonathan Taylor, though, that's going to be uh, interesting on how that plays out. My pick is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence and company took a big step forward last year. They had that home playoff comeback win against the Chargers after the Chargers just absolutely choked that playoff game away. But Jags took a huge step forward. I like the Jags in this division. Yeah, definitely going to be a strong contender uh, for a second or first. Corey, what about you down in the AFC uh, South? Yeah, I, I got to roll with Jacksonville as well. I honestly think the rest of the division is just bottom of the barrel. The Colts are too young, rookie quarterback, hold out with their star running back. Uh, injury concerns across the board on the defense. Um, we know Houston sucks. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> sorry, that's brutal but true. And then Tennessee, <laughs> man, they... I mean, they've ran Derrick Henry into the dirt year after year. You've got to be concerned about more injuries. Um, he can't carry that team. And I think the quarterback play, no matter which of their three options that you go with, is going to be, you know, probably bottom five in the league. So I, I don't know. You can't go, you know, you can't, can't put your faith in Mayonnaise boy and Tannehill's proven time <laughs> and time again he can't get the job done. And I, yeah. It's Jacksonville or nothing at that point. By by default, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, let's move on. We'll move on to the AFC West. A uh, lot of changes in the AFC West. Kellen Moore coming over to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo now with the Las Vegas Raiders. And then the uh, surprise move is Sean Payton coming over to the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think there's a lot of question marks, and it could be a very competitive uh, division. Corey, right back at you. Who do you got here for the AFC West? It's, it's almost a broken record at this point, but it's Kansas City and then everyone else there. The rest will all be competitive, and they'll probably give Kansas City some tough games, but Kansas City has entirely too much talent on both sides of the ball, and they've got the quarterback play to keep it all together. Um you do have to look out, you know. I mean, they're an injury away. If Patrick Mahomes goes down, their season is in huge jeopardy and probably over. So you could watch out for the Chargers and the Broncos, I think. I wouldn't be too worried about the Raiders. But who knows what Sean Payton can get cooked up in Denver. Yeah, all very good points. Uh, let's hear any counterpoints from Danny. Who, who do you got for AFC West? I also agree with Corey. It's Chiefs or Bucks because the Chargers, I got to see it to believe it. Yeah, regular season, I think will be contention, but they just keep choking the Chargers do coming down the stretch. And the Chiefs have been there. They've done that. I have no doubt that the Chiefs are going to be sitting at the top. And also, uh, while we're still in the AFC, I think I'll just kind of cut it back. But Joe Burrow... Uh, just reached a $275 million extension, five-year extension with the uh, Bengals. So he is going to be there to stay, and he got quite the payday out of it. 50 across the, the line here, bottom line, ESPN. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Wow. Uh, do we have any guaranteed numbers on that? 215. 215. Look at that. You know, they, they were going to have yeah. to do it, and, and – I think we've seen that it's better to get it done. Get your quarterback. You know, the Chargers did it. The, the Chiefs did it. 
I don't think you want a, a situation. I and and really no quarterback in their prime. I don't think has ever hit the market like that. You're leaving too much on the table. But I mean, Joe Burrow, consecutive AFC Championship games. Um, really, the only one who's gone toe to toe, and you have any confidence in beating Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so yeah, good, very good move for the Bengals. Uh, I will round out the AFC West discussion going with the LA Chargers, I think. I think Kellen Moore is going to bring a lot to that team. Uh, they won't have... It was a defensive breakdown in the playoffs against the Jaguars, but I think it was also kind of an offensive letdown, not understanding how to close out games. I think Kellen Moore is going to have Justin Herbert um, playing as one of the top three quarterbacks between Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, and and Justin Herbert as well. Uh, over in the NFC East, we'll switch over to the NFC side, which I had a hard time picking my my conference winner because yeah. everybody here feels like a a peewee team compared to the AFC. Uh, but we'll have to select somebody. Uh, so Corey, NFC East, who you got? He that's that's harsh. Um, I I think it's Philly. true. Philly's pretty pretty impressive. I think they're going to run away with it. Um, Dallas, they'll look good for the first six or seven games of the year, probably, like, you know, like they normally do. And then Dak will start throwing to the wrong colors. Danny Dimes is simply not going to be a stellar franchise quarterback. And the Commanders are a dumpster fire. Uh, absolutely. Danny, who do you have for the NFC uh, East? Yeah, I would say Corey, I mean, described that division perfectly. It's just ineptitude and just teams you can't trust. Uh, you know, and the thing you can't trust is that the commanders are just going to be doo-doo because they're just still just coming out from the shadows of a terrible ownership and just terrible management. The Eagles, I, usually teams that lose in the Super Bowl take a step back the next year, but I just don't trust the Cowboys, never will. And the Giants, I don't trust Danny Dimes. And I, I don't think he should have that nickname anymore either. But I, I so I, <laughs> I, I choose the Eagles, but that's just because there's not another good option in the division. Guys, I, I, I think you're sleeping on Sam Howell and uh, and Eric Bieniemy over there in Washington. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I would agree. I think I'll put the Eagles first. And I think the Washington Commanders uh, will surprise a lot of people. Um, I think Brian Dable's a good coach. I agree with you guys, though. Uh, Danny Dimes just is, is not gonna, is not going to be the long term solution uh, for the New York Football Giants. Uh, we will head over to the NFC North, a division that sees Aaron Rodgers finally leave, uh, but is kind of, I think, open open for the taking. Uh, Danny, who you got out of the NFC North? The, I think the Vikings are going to take the NFC North. Uh, a lot of hype on around the Lions right now, and they are probably the NFC's darling to try to make a playoff, a deep playoff push. And there's an up and coming team, the Bears. I honestly, I know there's a lot of Justin Fields love out there. I just got to see it. I really do. I just don't trust him right now. I have to see it first, and I just don't know if the Bears have enough on defense, especially in that front seven to really make a deep playoff push, let alone a division winner. 
Packers, they lost a lot when Aaron Rodgers left because he was most of their team. So I'm just going to stick with what we know. And the Vikings have been there for a while, and they've been in the top half of the division now for at least half dozen years. So I'm going to take the Vikings. Corey, I'll throw it back over to you. Any counterpoints, thoughts on the NFC North? Yeah, so I, I do think that it's going to be between the Vikings and the Lions. Um, I, I'm with you, Danny. I, I don't, I haven't seen enough to trust Fields yet. He's got a lot of talent, but he's got to put it all together, and he doesn't have a lot to work with as far as his roster goes. He's got more pieces, but I don't think it's enough. Um, I think the Packers are going to suck, uh, and then. I think the Lions are going to take it. I think that they'll. I think they'll win out their their division, and uh, I think that the Vikings season will end somewhere between Game Six and Game Twelve on a checkdown pass from Kirk Cousins with no time left on the clock. <laughs> yeah, I think you know everybody. You, we got to always try and stay objective, but guys, I honestly think the Bears could take the division this year. Uh, hopefully they take a step forward. I don't really know if I trust the Lions to take, you know, a step forward. Kirk Cousins, I think, has shown you a very, very clear ceiling. So at this point, I think we're betting on Justin Fields showing you that, you know, he has another ceiling to set. Uh, Jordan Love, I think, is a huge question mark. Uh, but it would be very, very surprising if the Packers somehow did this three times in a row or, or twice in a row with Rodgers sitting behind Favre and then Jordan Love becoming, you know, an all-star and, and a great player in this league. Um, that would be kudos to the Green Bay Packers. Three generational quarterbacks in a row. <laughs> I'm drinking the Lions Kool-Aid, boys. I'm just, I gotta say, I gotta say it. Dan Campbell's got me. three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row, I dice play football. <laughs> I really pray the field through. Okay. I think the AFC South and the NFC South are just in the same dumpster. You know, I don't know if they know that, um, that the goal is to win the division, the but the NFL. <laughs> we will uh, toss it back over to Corey for his prediction on the NFC South. It's so sad that this is the hardest pick out of all of these, and it's not because there are good teams. There are no good options, and they all suck, and they should all quit. That said, I'm going with Tampa Bay, uh, and it's primarily because I like Baker. I, I think he's probably the best quarterback out in that division, um, and I think he might just have the most weapons and the best roster. He's definitely got... The best coach so we'll see yeah it's it's wide open um maybe four or five wins gets you into the playoffs for this division but uh Dan danny who you got for the nfc south uh if somebody has to win i'm gonna go with the atlanta falcons and that's just because they have taylor and he's just gone. he just gets the job so i'm going with the falcons I thought, is he starting? Yeah, but he's just lucky Tyler Bray isn't on his team or he would not have started. <laughs> but I don't even know if he's 
<laughs> I thought Ritter was starting. Oh boy. I think doesn't Ritter. Yeah, they're going to choose the guy from. Yeah, they're 100% going to go with him. But, you know, <laughs> Taylor's just going to be breathing down his neck, man. And he's just going to, if he's not perfect, they're going to put Heineke out there because they know he can get it done. Actually, I heard they were in the market for Nathan Peterman. So uh, just watch out. He could, oh, uh, he, could he could make an appearance. He could solve a job. Uh, yeah, Corey, I, I, I mean, Tampa's could be the best option here. I think Baker's shown you he can play well for one quarter per game. So probably will have to be something something in the in the realm of six, seven wins. I, I would say could get you into the playoffs from this division. But I like the Saints, actually. I think Derek Carr has shown you can get to the, you know, into a competitive space uh, in a, when he was in a tough division uh, in the AFC West. Um, I like their defense there in New Orleans, so I'm going to go New Orleans Saints. We will do the final division, and that is the NFC West. Uh, a lot of strong teams outside of the Cardinals. Danny, who you got for the NFC West? Probably, in my opinion, the strongest division in football. At least maybe two years ago. But I'm going to go with Seattle. <laughs> I, they're, I, they're probably my dark horse, but I'm really relying on them. 49ers, I think, would be the popular pick, but I really like the Seattle team in general. Last year, Gino did a really good job filling in, and I think uh, one more year in the system, I think they can take a good step forward, especially as now that he's the confirmed starter, and then just, you know, it, the, there's the confidence there and the continuity there. But, like, and Brock Purdy with the 49ers. Yeah, it could be looking at a one, you know, one-hit wonder there. Uh, we'll definitely see. They've got teams has got a, a pretty good, you know, three quarters of a year film on him. Uh, we'll see what kind of adjustments the league is able to make. Uh, usually, we find out, you know, who can play and who can't, you know, in year two. So, Corey, who who you got here out in the AFC? West, excuse me, NFC West. It's pretty close, but I'm going to go with the 49ers. Um, I just think that they have again the best roster. I do agree that Seattle is going to be dangerous, though. Um, I still think the 49ers take it. Uh, they had some injuries last year that really screwed them up. But if Purdy can just play, you know, like a like a top 15 quarterback, this roster should be able to just backpack him pretty far. And I just don't know what to expect out of the Rams, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know if we're going to see the – you know, Matt Stafford from a few years ago where they, you know, went to the Super Bowl and all that. I don't know if we'll see him again. Cooper Cup having injury uh, concerns is concerning. So I, I got to roll with the 49ers. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not even worth talking about Arizona. So. No, no. It's so bad. The only winner no, on that team is Kyler Murray because he gets to stay home and play video games. Kyler Murray's <laughs> agent is the only winner on that team. <laughs> Hey, he's he's not playing video games. He's watching film. All right, he's just doing Madden simulations. All right. <laughs> no, Call of Duty Pro League. That's the film he's watching. Is there? There has to be. I, I I'm actually I think um, 
again, the dissenting opinion. I like the Rams here in this division. Uh, Corey, I think the opposite from what you said to counter, I think the Matthew Stafford will get down the stretch. Uh, will be able to outplay either Geno Smith or Brock Purdy. So I look for the line. Uh, I look for the Rams uh, to have the best season out there. NFC West. Uh, I think. I think you'll get a rejuvenated Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford. Kind of had a down slash off year. A refocused Sean McVay. Uh, so excited to see what they have uh, for this year. To wrap up our coverage for the NFL today, let's go quickly around the horn. Your Super Bowl picks and Super Bowl winner prediction. Uh, back to you, Corey, on your Super Bowl prediction. Oh, this is the hard part, right? I, I'm i going to give you what I want to see happen. I don't know that it's quite possible. Well, not likely. I'd like to see the Lions go. I think that they have all the talent in the world. They just need to put it together, and inexperience may screw them. And then I do think, okay, it's going to be, to me, it's Bengals and Lions, but ideally it would be Miami and, and the Lions. I think Bengals take it, though. Excellent choice. Danny, throwing it over to you, your Super Bowl prediction. I'm going to take uh, Bills over the um, Seattle Seahawks. That would be a very interesting Super Bowl. One that I would welcome. <laughs> I, I I am a fan of, of uh, new teams, uh, but after saying that, I'm actually going to pick the Bengals and the – Bears. Bengals Bears. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the Bengals versus the Bears. The Ultimately, podcast, baby. Yeah. Ultimately, Joe Burrow outduels Justin Fields. Uh, so that should be that's a bold prediction, but uh, hoping that it comes true. So a lot, lot to cover, and, and we will continue to cover the NFL as each week unfolds. Uh, but for now, we will go ahead and switch over to some NCAA football coverage. I have thrown up last year's results of the Final Four. As you guys know, there's one year left of the Final Four format before we switch to that 12-team uh, playoff, which I'm so excited for. Um, but, yeah. Corey, I'll throw it mm -hmm. to you, kind of, uh, you know, being that Michigan fan do you see a repeat of any of the four teams you see here? Or who do you have for the, the top four this year uh, and potentially a dark horse? Sure do. I think Georgia and Michigan will both be there again. And then I think that Texas and USC might also get in. Uh, I, I'm going to go with my heart and say Michigan wins it. Uh, I think the only team that, that would be really really scary is georgia and by scary i mean they'd probably win but i'm still picking michigan and dark horse i'm not drinking the kool-aid danny don't get excited i'm not gonna say colorado um <laughs> dark horse, i will say oregon's my dark horse i don't think bo nix is i don't think he has it i don't think he's gonna be able to pull it out in the end but i do think that that offense could be scary 
Yeah, I can tell you up front right now, I do not trust Bo Nix in his 12th year of eligibility. But... <laughs> I will never trust Bo Nix in his 45-year-old arm. How is he still in college football? Yeah. I don't know. He must have been on the phone with uh, Brandon Whedon. He'll go to the Browns, don't worry. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all good picks, though. Uh, Danny, how about you? Anybody you see here in the top four you think will be a repeat uh, in that top four? And then... Uh, or who is your top four and a dark horse? Yeah, well, Georgia, repeat-wise, they just have the schedule that, that sets them up. They really do have a cakewalk. I know that they go to Tennessee, and then obviously any, you know, whoever they play in the SEC championship game. But let's say they beat Tennessee and they lose in the SEC championship game. They're still going to the playoff. It's just they have the pedigree there, back-to-back national titles. I mean, they would still get into the playoffs, so they would really need to lose two games and lose them badly to not be in the playoffs. So I feel like they're a shoe-in, um, kind of automatically. Um, I, I, I'm I'm putting Florida State up there, Michigan, Corey. There's your Michigan Wolverines. I just don't trust Ryan Day and company. It's just they're just not as good in the trenches as Michigan is, and we know that. You know, they they have plenty of skilled guys, but they're just not I, – I just don't see them overpowering Michigan. And I, I feel – it's just really up to Michigan if Michigan has just become more of an explosive offensive team. And they, they showed that last year. They just came up short against TCU, who just happened to be more of an explosive team. Uh, for my fourth team, my dark horse, I was kind of – so I don't really know if it's a dark horse because they came in as a top ten team. I'll go ahead and um, where, pick where up here probably, where we left off. Um, but, uh, top four for me, Corey, I definitely agree with you. Um, on the uh, Michigan, I think, I think we're going to see Michigan, USC, Texas, and probably Georgia. I think, I think a dark, maybe not a dark horse. Uh, they are a ranked team, but I like, potentially old miss this year i think every year old miss is knocking on the door with you know three losses you know lane kiffin's got to win the big games uh but they've proven every year they have just an explosive offense they'll put points on the board so i like um potentially old miss to be in the mix and uh danny sorry to cut you off would you want to have any finishing comments thoughts on, on the college football playoff yeah, if not Penn State being my fourth "quote unquote" dark team, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Oregon State. DJ, uh, who I did not trust while he was at Clemson, I trust him now at Oregon State. He looked pretty good, so that's my dark horse team. Yeah, he escaped Dabo. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty shocking loss, and being how weak that conference is, I, I mean that might seal your that might seal it for them already, depending on. You know, how competitive this year is, how many teams, uh, if the SEC beats up on each other or if somebody comes out, you know, pretty clean. I think Clemson may have have blown their one shot there already. We will close it out uh, with a little bit of MLS coverage. Uh, You know, I was looking at tickets here for the Chicago Fire and the... The tickets were, you can normally get tickets for 20, 40 bucks here, up over $150 for when Messi comes to town. 
Um, so, Danny, I'll throw it to you. you know, what's your reaction to the success of Messi in the MLS? And do you expect high-profile players to follow suit? Or do you think we'll really only continue to get players towards the tail end of their careers? Huge win for the MLS. Huge, huge win. Now he gets a lot of the revenue sharing and that was part of the deal. So he gets part of the TV package with Apple and uh, a lot of the revenue sharing with some of the other teams. That's why they're helping pay his salary because they know when he comes to their stadium, they're, he's pretty much going to sell out the stadium. So it was a good deal by them. And was, I think it's a good deal by him because he's kind of investing in the long term. He's investing in the league. He'll probably be part of an ownership uh, group, if not own a team outright after his retirement. So I think it's a huge win for the MLS. I know Inter, you know, Inter Miami is not hunting for a playoff spot this year, but 100% they're going to be at the top of the table next year. Uh, and, you know, they already made a huge run in the League's Cup uh, in that interdivisional play between um, the Mexican League. Um, and so the, he it is just a huge win overall for MLS, huge win for Messi, and just uh, great for North American sports. Yeah, definitely agree. Corey, what are your thoughts on on Messi coming over to the MLS and and soccer as it uh, as it pertains to growing and and potentially be becoming you know, one of the top sports in America? Yeah, this is this is one of the few deals of this magnitude that is a win-win situation for both parties. So, even if Messi, you know, of course we don't want it to happen, but even if Messi were to get hurt and and not be and he'll lose a step even from his you know Messi's a little older now but if he were to even lose a step he's still a huge name he's still one of the best to ever do it he's still gonna draw fans regardless and Miami's still gonna be a better team having him there than they were before um, it's gonna be huge for the MLS in general it's already been huge for the MLS but I don't think it's going to be a, a still a quick change. I don't think we're going to start seeing you know floods of elite players from overseas coming coming to the MLS. I think it's going to be kind of a, a trickle. They're gonna they're gonna start coming over, and it's it's going to be because no one's getting a deal like Messi just got. The only name as big as Messi or or that's on that level as far as I'm concerned is Ronaldo, and he's not coming. So. I mean, it's going to be a trickle. It'll still be a slow thing. But I think what they're banking on is with the World Cup and, and this building up hype. And, you know, the, that that same thing that's said every time that the U.S. hosts a major sporting event is now it's going to catch traction. Well, I think now it actually will. I think the sport's been growing anyways. And this is just going to accelerate the burn. I think this is I think it's going to, eventually the MLS is going to compete. And I think this really sped that process up. Yeah, really. That's I think that's an excellent segue, Corey, uh, with the World Cup coming to the United States. I really hadn't um, looked at it from that angle, and I think you're right. I think if somehow the U.S. could pull, you know, Christian Pulisic back to the U.S. and you know having somebody who's on the U.S. team also, you know, in, in your MLS city, you know, a couple times a year. Uh, could really accelerate the growth uh, for the MLS, being able to keep home homegrown talent in, you know, the domestic league. Uh, so, the deal with Messi, I think, has been huge. It just shows on on the revenue side as well for the MLS. I think it's it's very similar to the Shohei Otani effect, where, you know, the studies for 
teams when he's away. You know, even if it's like a Tuesday night, those teams are selling out their stadiums on on nights where they wouldn't even sniff that without Shohei Otani uh, being in the lineup. So I think Messi has a very similar effect, um, and I think he's going to help grow the MLS uh, to new heights. Well, guys, man, it's been a really good episode. Uh, really glad to get everybody's thoughts uh, on the upcoming season. Um, it's going to be it's going to be great to have overreaction Mondays and you know things like that with the new season. So thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining tonight. Thank you for listening, um, and we will see you guys next week.